All right. It's the end of the year, which means one thing. It is Spotify rap time. I knew it. <laughs> I almost brought that up during our Facebook live. And then I was like, now nah, I'm bringing up the Mike Tyson thing. That was this a good is, thing. This is also, let me serve this as a reminder that we will go live between recordings. Yes. And sometimes we're just eating a burrito. But other times we're talking about Jake Paul now as a boxer. You never know what's yeah. going to happen on our Instagram lives. They are saved on our Instagram bio. So if you missed them, go check them out. Yes. But Spotify wrapped. We got them. We did. What is your top artist for the year? I was actually surprised. I actually don't even think it's accurate to be honest with you, but I know I did listen to them a lot this year. It was Run the Jewels. You did listen to them a lot. That, oh man, that first album, that new album though is so good. It's, it's probably so accurate. good. But my other ones, let me go to my Facebook. So it was Run the Jewels, Lady Gaga, which I would listen to her while working out. Yeah. So I feel like that's not a true thing, but I do like her a lot. Fleetwood Mac, In This Moment, and Poppy. Mine was, I don't know why I didn't have this ready. It's my question. Uh, wrong way. <laughs> the struts, obviously. Yeah. I mean, would we be surprised? Uh, we'd be more surprised if they weren't number one. Number two was Taylor Swift because folklore yeah. is a bop. Mr. Wives was number three, which I really enjoyed them this year. Number four was Des Rocks, and number five was Kelsey Carter. And that's a good list. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. I listened to thirty four thousand minutes on Spotify. That's tight. So my biggest one that I think I like the most, I had two actually. I discovered one thousand one hundred forty four new artists. That's a lot. Yeah, and then my throwback track was <laughs> "Welcome Home" from Coheed and Cambria. I laughed at that. Yeah, because. For those who don't know, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but Coheed and Cambria, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but Coheed and Cambria, I just grew up with the band. They were from my area. And so like, it's kind of like, I knew them when they were at a band called Shibuti. So like, it's kind of like a hometown town pride thing where yeah. you like watch them like grow into these mega stars. So I have a lot of like sentimental pride in Coheed and Cambria. Mine was I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah. So that, I'm not shocked. I'm actually, I was surprised by that because I thought it was going to be, I'm not okay. Cause there oh, was a time yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic where I listened to that song like eight times in one day. I would I'm, ask if you're okay listening to that, but I know the answer. I'm pretty sure that Spotify was like, is she okay? It's all good, yeah. but I'm just surprised that wasn't my number one. It is in my <laughs> list. It is in my top hundred songs for this year though. Sorry, I just opened my messages on Instagram and I see what you just sent me. <laughs> I forgot I sent you that. I'm, I'm just going to say it. And I think I know why you sent this because the monolith that yeah, showed up so in Romania. I don't know what's going to happen between now and when this episode is released, <laughs> but there's these like mirrored monoliths that just keep showing up places. Yeah, and get taken down. Like four days later. Apparently the Utah one, yeah, it was like within 10 days of it showing up. So this hiker supposedly said he saw four men go out there and start dismantling it. And the men were saying, this is what happens when you put trash in the desert. 
And then as he the heard National say, Park Service, as they were taking it away, he said, not even a trace. He kept repeating, not even a trace. So either he was a very grumpy National Park Service worker. One. Or he put it there. Or he put it there. But or he's an alien. He? Who is he? He's an alien. Apparently the Romanian governor, not governor, um, mayor of the town that I was in, he said he was honored that his town was chosen by the aliens to put the monolith in. I would be honored as well. Yeah, put one in Lynchburg. Why not? Anyway, what did I send you on Instagram? <laughs> so... <laughs> From Mashable Instagram page. It re- <laughs> I got to click on this whole thing. Hold on. Uh, so the picture says Germany's giant wooden penis has gone missing. <laughs> and the caption, the caption reads monoliths over it. This giant wooden penis sculpture was mysteriously installed four years ago in Bavaria, Germany, becoming a hiking landmark and local attraction. Now it's missing. Learn more about what could have happened at the link in the bio. So the aliens just stole Germany's penis. (laughs) Please repeat that sentence again. (laughs) So the aliens just stole Germany's penis. (sighs) That's a that's a beautiful sentence. That's our opening. There you go. What's your name? Oh, I, I do this every fucking time. <laughs> I'm Beth Ann. And I'm Leah. And this is She Will Rock You. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. <laughs> Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, pull up before I haunt you. Let me turn down the thermostat. This is bad. We're on page one, guys. <laughs> this is She Will Rock You. All right. It's been a whole like 30 minutes since we recorded our last episode. Yeah. As it is. If you've been around, you know that. But yeah. So it's my turn now. Mm -hmm. We took a break from my usual habits last month. But uh, today I'm back on my British boy bullshit. (laughs) Because I have one type of band and it's British boys. Yeah. Like there was a point where it was like a couple months ago when I found Felix Hagen mm-hmm. and I was like Bethany I really like this artist and I just typed in all caps damn it they're British why can't I like <laughs> one American artist so this is my life I have to say before you start I've never heard of this artist okay that's, that's you said you were gonna do them and I just was like okay but I like barely maybe know their name so that's my first point is i literally wrote okay first things first why the fuck don't we know more about slade in america okay and that is so slade released 30 albums three of which what three of which hit number one in the uk their releases spent 315 weeks in the uk charts and they've had 24 top 30 uk hits as of 2016 but you know why they never caught on in america because they were deemed too british sounding bullshit and they kind of just had like two really hot years uh-huh. and they never was a they were never able to repeat that success first off there is no such thing as too british for america bitch have you seen our like love of the queen and our love of the great british baking show slade was apparently too british oh, we, yeah. li- we literally get like excited when paul hollywood offers a handshake and great british baking show i hadn't said it yet but we're talking about slade yes sorry I did say that. I don't know. No, you said that. Yeah. They were really hot in the UK in the early 1970s. They were contemporaries with Sweet, T-Rex, Gary Glitter, and Bowie. But they never, they never obviously hit Bowie level because we've, we've heard of Bowie. Yeah. But 
By 1973, Slade had taken the world by storm and transformed the foot-stomping, fist-pumping rock of the West Midlands into a worldwide phenomenon known as glam rock. I would argue that they were the first glam rock band, not the most famous, but they paved the way for people like Bowie and T-Rex to do more. They sold over 50 million records. In the 70s alone, they had six number ones, a feat that was only tied with ABBA. Wow. In the UK. They obviously had zero yeah. uh, American number ones. So for those of you who don't know Slade, because I feel like it's probably a lot of you like we were Americans. Yeah. I'm going to start with their musical style because if you don't know, they are glam rockers. And the reason that I have even heard of them is, have you seen a theme on the artist I've covered? It's a lot of glam rockers. But every time the struts are asked about their musical influences, mm-hmm. they obviously say queen the stones slade and this whole time i've been like who are slade yeah so i finally checked them out and i was like i have been sleeping on this band they are fantastic um people like to call the struts the new queen yeah they're really the new slade interesting down to the call and response that they have like luke does this baby 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 and that's that's a slave yeah. thing that's not a queen thing it's also a luke thing but like they started this that's cool so slade from day one they made music for working class british citizens mm-hmm. like as we learned in the ozzy episode which they were also contemporaries with ozzy like the uk sucked in the 70s everyone mm-hmm. was sad they were working factory jobs like it was just gray bleak british society and so they just wanted to make music that made people happy right they said our music is an escape for those who work during the day and just want to party at night there were no nonsense they didn't take themselves seriously and they were just proud to be british they said that they wanted to make themselves relatable whether they were speaking to a grandma a teenager or a three-year-old they made the music for the people i love that and the thing that set them apart was that they had a violin in their band wait so they were glam rock with a violin. Yes. Somebody show me a picture of this. Oh, hold on. Pull you got to see. Go to Google. All right. Here's, here's Jim Lee. We're going to talk about him, but here he is with his little violin. Wow. Look at that hair. Oh, wait, is he, is he wearing a vest and the bod is just. Yep. Oh, well, it's a jacket. It's but a it's a jacket, but then it's open and then it's, it's just straight just chest, chest. Yeah. Okay. Straight chest. Got it. So up until that point, there were no records with or rock records of the violin so that set them out they they stood out or they stand out as well in that era because they had no political statements to make they weren't trying to push any agenda they were just trying to make music that people had fun to Mm -hmm. which mad respect because we need more of that their image is interesting looking back on it though because we think glam rock we think bowie Right. Well, these guys had sideburns, goofy teeth, and probably the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. Let me just show you my poor dude. You just, you just gonna, you're gonna rag on him. Wait till you see it. Homeboy in the green jacket. Oh. That is the worst haircut you've ever seen. It's bad. Like, I don't know how to describe. It's I don't like, know how to describe him without ragging on him, and I don't want to do that. No, it's he admits that it's bad. It was a terrible haircut. Yeah, that, but look, look at the amount of hair in this band. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot happening. 
So anyway, that's what you need to know about Slade going into this. And one small caveat before I go into this this whole story of their rise and fall yeah. is normally we don't focus a lot on how much the or how the band charts, but in order to tell the story of Slade, who were obsessed with charting, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to talk a lot about the charts, so I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance. And like any good British band researcher, I turned to the BBC for a documentary. That was, that was step one. Mm-hmm. And this is how they start it. And I'm going to attempt to do this in a British accent because it's just really funny. (laughs) I'm ready for it. So. Slade began in the early 60s when shouty bloke Noddy Holder joined the Inbetweens, formed by toothsome guitarist Dave Hill and dreamboat drummer Don Powell. The lineup was completed with the addition of cherubic classical violinist Jim Lay. That is how they started this fucking documentary. Hi, Governor. Shouty bloke, naughty holder. <laughs> T- ten out of ten accent, by the way. I've practiced a lot in my life. <laughs> but that's theater kids. Um, so yeah, you got loud naughty holder, who is the lead singer. You got Dave Hill, who plays guitar, who's covered in glitter like ninety percent of the time. Don Powell is just back there drumming, and then Jim Lee's just playing his violin, not the bass guitar, his violin. So Dave and Naughty met on a ferry boat. Oh, nice. At first, Naughty didn't want to join Dave's band because he was in this like kind of little Richard inspired like ripoff band. And he was making really good money doing that. Right. Doing these like tribute gigs. Uh, But so they were like, fine, we don't need you. So Don and Dave went on to fire to found a band that they said were going to be like the Beatles, you know, like every young British band was trying to be at the time. And so they start auditioning bass players and in walks this little kid, Jim Lee, who they all described as Jimi Hendrix on the bass. He like tears that's up a, this bass. That's a big title. And then they find out he plays violin and they're like, okay, you're in. <laughs> I, okay. So you literally have Jimi Hendrix on bass on bass and you find his violinist like some kind of Beethoven box shit. And you're like, you know what our glam band needs? A shouty bloke. A sh- <laughs> shouty bloke. <laughs> so they, the three of them kind of form a band. They just randomly run into Naughty around later. And he, they were like, hey, you got to see this kid on bass. And so they show him Jim's bass play. And he's like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> so they settled down in the town of Wolverhampton in England. And they just start rehearsing. And in an interview about that time, uh, Nadi says, I don't know what the magic was, but there was something special there. Like the four of them just kicked it off. Yeah. Uh, they had a really hard time getting going, as does every band. Um, at the time, they're known as the Inbetweens. Not the worst name we've heard. Not the best. Yeah. That's uh, literally a, a song. That's actually my top song uh, from In This Moment. The it's called the in between. Yeah, so not a good, not a good band name. No, good song name, not a good band name. Uh, knew that they were a good live band from pretty much the beginning between the insane bass playing and Naughty being a really good frontman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they eventually like work up enough money to release a demo. They get their first single, and it shook the world of Wolverhampton. Like 
they were buying their own copies of their own record to try Mm -hmm. to boost their sales. Yeah. It did not take off. So after three years of that, they decide, maybe we should change our name. So they changed their band name to Ambrose Slade, which was inspired by the label that they were on at the time had a secretary who named her handbag Ambrose and her shoes Slade. (laughs) I was about to say, where's the tide between Ambrose? That's it. And Slade. That's it. Who the hell named their handbag and shoes? This this lady. All right. I don't know. That lasts for like six months before they get a new manager. He's not important. Um, and he's like, uh, no. Ambrose is out. You're going to just go by plain Slade. Mm-hmm. Also, I want you to become skinheads. So they all shave off all their hair. Oh, you're kidding me. I'm dead serious. Wait, wait. I'm dead serious. What, what marketing person comes in? You know what? Fuck it. Slade. And you know what? Get a leather jacket out. Shave that head. Skinheads. You're going to be associated with a gang. Skinheads. So uh, as you can imagine, this did not do well for them. No, I can't imagine it would. They, in, in Britain at the time, it was the thing to get on top of the pops. They could not get on top of the pops because the producer, <laughs> the producer's son had just been beat up by skinheads. Oh my God. <laughs> First off, it wasn't a good idea to, into, they look, look like they look why? so sad in their skinhead face. Please pull up more pictures, please. This is their skinhead era. Don't worry. I'm going to be pulling all of these for graphics, so you'll like, be able to see it. They just don't look at all like their vibe. No, like... They look like they beat you up. Yeah. That is like a 19... Is it 1960s or 70s? It's like... It's 1969. Okay. So it looks like like an, a gang in that era. Yeah. They would beat you up. Um... So that that was not working for them. Uh, so very, very quickly, they dropped the skinhead look and they adopt this new glam image with very bad haircuts and a lot of glitter. And they continue going by the name Slade. Obviously, that sticks forever. So the only good thing to come out of this skinhead era mm-hmm. is that Naughty developed as like a hot frontman he was so good at commanding an audience they had a pretty regular set that they would do and at the end of the set there was a song called get down and get with it that was actually originally performed by little richard oh nice what he would kind of do is like a call and response thing and the audience pers- audience participation was like the thing they fed off of that was what they wanted to keep emulating so they thought huh why don't we try to capture the spirit of this live gig in a studio recording so they record a version of get down and get with it in 1971 and that august it entered the top 20 in the united kingdom Hmm. so once they got their foot in the door of the uk charts things just exploded and of course the record label is like cool you did a top hit now write another Mm -hmm. they demanded them to do a follow-up single okay which led to jim lee and naughty writing a new song in 30 minutes called because i love you which would start their writing partnership that would carry slade's career like most of the songs are written by jim and naughty and this also started a fun little thing that they do where they spell their song titles phonetically in black country British spelling. So it's C-O-Z-I-L-U-V. 
Cause I love you. Cause I love you. Cause I love you. Yes. And that continued throughout their whole career as we will see. I kind of like that. It's it's a cute little thing that works. Like I said, they're very British. That's why they didn't catch on. Yeah. Uh, they released another single called Look What You Done. W-O-T-D-U-N. Uh, what? Uh, Look What You Done. That, that hit number four. And then they drop a live album that March, which they're a live band. This is probably one of their most successful albums. The album is called Slate Alive, mm-hmm. which is a nice little pun on words play on words oh i see it it's spelled like s-l-a-d-e but slate alive it spent a whole year in the uk album charts being at number that's two. pretty awesome yeah it's a long time to stay in the charts yeah. it uh was recorded over three nights in a newly built studio in piccadilly and they invited 300 fan club members to come be a part of this which like that is my dream <laughs> if the struts ever do a live album please invite me what if it's in london would you fly i out? would fly to london you should I need to renew my passport but i would go to london so this album kind of started to bridge the gap between pop singles which were kind of like fun and only really made to be on a 45 record yeah and the serious music that relied on the successful 12 inch album so they kind of like put in this middle ground where it's still fun yeah it's still like single material, but it's a whole album of fun. Yeah. So in, when you release the full album, there's like 45 minutes of space to fill. Mm-hmm. And this album is continuously praised for like not wasting a single second of space. It's just 45 minutes of fun. Uh, this blew people's minds, got them a whole bunch of new fans. It proved to people that they were more than just like a studio pop band. And it's still considered one of the best live albums of all time. Two months later, they released Take Me Back Home. Take Me Back Home. No H. Later that year, they hit their third number one with Mama, We're All Crazy Now. W-E-E-R, crazy spelled C-R-A-Z. I'm going to need you to do this in in an accent, please. I can't do that one. (laughs) Uh, I can't do their black country accents. My accent's a little too proper for that. (laughs) You have a very Westminster accent. Uh... November 1972, they released an album called, their album names are just real good, Slade, but it's spelled S-L-A-Y-E-D question mark. First off, there is like a good humor with this band. They're so fun. That like, I love that they like don't take themselves, because you know in glam rock, my, my biggest pet peeve about some of the bands is they took themselves way too seriously. They do lose some of the fun. Oh, yeah. And that's what I think will shoot them ultimately in the foot, but we'll get there. Yeah. So when they released Slade in 72, it peaked at number one, which pushed Slade Alive down to number two. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing pretty good, but it only reached 69 in America. Nice. Nice. They were, those two albums, Slade Alive and Slade, are considered the two finest albums, two of the finest albums of the glam rock era. The final single in 1972, because like I said, they had a hot two years. Everything they released did good. Was released in, uh, sorry, it was released. It was called Goodbye to Jane. G U D B U I T apostrophe Jane. <laughs> Some of these I just put in here because they're spelled hilariously. I love it. Early 1973, a song that you may actually recognize, Come On, Feel the Noise. 
Come on, feel the noise. All right, I can't yeah. sing it more for So you know reasons. the Quiet Riot version, not the Slade version. We'll get to that. That's them? They wrote the song. Oh. Quiet Riot covered it. Okay, got it. We'll talk about them. Uh, it was released in 73, went straight to number one. Uh, the first time a single had done so since the Beatles in 1969. So it had been four years. Nice. <laughs> Again, this was a hit everywhere but America. Like, America just mm-hmm. wasn't vibing with them. They released a follow-up called Squeeze Me, Please Me. And this is my favorite spelling. S-K-W-E-E-Z-E. <laughs> Please. P-L-E-E-Z. Also straight to number one. But then... What would it be without a slight bit of tragedy? No one dies. That's why I chose this one for Christmas. But on July 4th, 1973, a car crash in Wolverhampton left Don Pal in a coma for six weeks. Holy shit. And killed his 20-year-old girlfriend, (gasps) Angela Morris. That's sad. But uh, he did survive. He did come out of it. He will talk about his, like, the repercussions of that in a little bit. But he's in a coma for six weeks. And they didn't want to continue without him mm-hmm. but they had some like obligations like they had to be at the isle of man festival so they couldn't just not show up uh so they had jim lee's brother frank cover the spot temporarily but yeah. they were like we want don back uh he did eventually like make a recovery he had really bad amnesia when he got out like could not yeah, remember how to play the drums sucks. oh that sucks uh and he still suffers with sort short-term memory loss and so he gets out of the hospital and they were like, we need to take him, take Don like out of the country. We'll just go to America and chill for a little bit. We'll record some new stuff. And, uh, they got into the studio and they went to go play or sorry, this was one night where they're playing live before they went to the studio. They were playing, squeeze me, please me. And he just turns to Jim and goes, I don't remember how it goes. And Jim was like, no. just count four beats and just keep going. Like, you're going to figure it out because they're playing live. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, we need to go write something new so that Don can figure out what he's doing with his drums. And mm-hmm. so that July, they cram into a studio and record Merry Christmas, everybody, which is spelled Xmas, which was honestly a shorthand thing because all their song titles are written in shorthand. But as you can imagine, that title did not go over well in England at the time. It's fine. Um, but the, the Xmas? Yes. You know how people are with Xmas. In England, they were having an issue with it? Everyone had an issue with it. But little do they know, though. It, I learned this I learned this in a, in a religious class, believe it or not, because uh, I went to a Christian university. Yes. Um, little did they know that the x is actually a way to say christ there you go because my teacher was telling me that that his mom's name was christina but she would spell it as x i n a and i forget the reasoning as to why that was why that x represents christ but it is an abbreviation there you go to for christ there was actually a reason. He was actually in support of St. Xmas. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I can get down with it. Uh, so yeah, they re- they recorded this song in July in New York in the middle of a heat wave in what they described as the most unchristmas like conditions to record a Christmas <laughs> song. Yeah. Uh, and they dropped it the Christmas season 1973. And it became the band's last ever number one in the UK. 
when I picked Slade, I did not realize that like their biggest song ever is a Christmas song and we're doing this in December. Mm. So it works out great. Yeah. I did not plan this, but because it's a Christmas song, we're going to talk about it. Um, Naughty says about the song, I love that Merry Christmas, everybody doesn't have jingle bells plastered across it. It's just a song about family, presents and fun. And it's a song that lifted a nation. Like they wrote the song in the middle of the depressing era of the seventies in the UK. Um, when he, when Jim wrote it, he played it to the band and they were all like, I don't like that. When, when Jim first played it to Naughty, Naughty told him to go away and fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Then he started thinking about it for a while and he was like, okay I can write some lyrics to this and he wrote the lyrics <laughs> and it came to life uh, at the time sorry I'm, I'm pulling myself together I'm, I don't know if it's the 6% alcohol the beer is strong beer, but that was <laughs> the best answer so like I said the, the UK was depressed at the time uh, miners, grave diggers, electricians bakers, all the union workers were going on strike TVs were cutting off at 10pm Yeah, Glamrock was born out of that but Merry, Cri- Merry Christmas everybody was like the height of Glamrock just being born out of the country's misery the song has be it's probably one of the most popular songs, uh, Christmas songs in the UK in this documentary I watched they interview Ozzy who may I say is stoned out of his ever living mind of course in this interview but he says you always know it's Christmas in England when that song starts playing <laughs> you enunciated too much for Ozzy I need you to slur it a little bit more I can't I'm not drunk <laughs> enough for that uh it went gold on its first day of release wow which is crazy in a time that like digital downloads did not exist have they played this song in america like would i recognize it if i was listening to delilah on q99 let me play it for you because it's queued up on my spotify right here okay we'll cut it out folks you're gonna have to go listen to it (laughs) is he screaming christmas so he screams it's christmas (laughs) okay so literally yesterday i was like doing last minute notes you know how you do and i just searched like google news for slade and literally yesterday, December 1st. Here we go. Here we go. Naughty was on a morning show in the UK yesterday. Okay. And he was spilling secrets about the writing of this song, which he really just told the story of how they wrote it to bring back Dom's memory after, or Don's memory after the car crash. Yeah. But he let it slip that that yelling of, it's Christmas, was him just ad-libbing to let the rest of the band know that the song was ending and the producer made him leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> but I it's love like that. one of the most iconic moments of that song it's just it's christmas you're just screaming if you listen to it it's like the fucking christmas it's like the 324 mark if you listen to it if you, you're listening you can't miss it <laughs> so that was their last number one they never saw fame again really kind of we'll talk about it after the success of that song they kind of started to get experimental with their sound which sometimes works out it did not in this case in 74 they released an album called old new borrowed and blue which went number one in the uk but guess what did not chart in the u.s Hmm. and so they're living their best lives in the uk like yeah they are making money their song blew up at christmas time 
And early on in the band, Jim had like talked to the other boys and there he was like, guys, how are we going to handle with fame if we get famous? And they, they vowed to stay exactly the same. They weren't going to live extravagantly. They weren't going to like blow their money. They weren't going to go do a bunch of drugs and everyone agreed with him. And so at the time that Merry Christmas, everybody, they're like rolling in the money as they're dropping this new album. Yeah. They all were living with their parents and that helped keep them level headed. That's kind of, you know, I appreciate what they're doing there. And they did not do anything stupid. That's good. With their money. Leah, if our podcast ever becomes famous, I cannot make you the same promise. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole room dedicated to just dogs. If we get, if we ever get famous, I'm buying a Sphinx cat. I want a naked <laughs> cat so bad. I want a naked cat. Naked cat? Naked cat. You know what I would do? I'd fly James Blackwood out here. Yes. I'd fly James Blackwood out. With a I'd, raccoon. What I would do, here's what I would do, folks, if I was famous. I'd find a home in the country, which is not too hard to do where we are. <laughs> we live in the country. And then I would build an off-site cabin. I would get, fly James Blackwood out here. Give him residency at that cabin for the whole purpose of starting a raccoon sanctuary where the raccoons can roam free with their hot dogs and hands. <laughs> and grapes. And grapes. And cookies and dog food. That's what I would do if I was famous. I support this. So they, they didn't make anything, any dumb decisions, which, like I said, they're pretty unproblematic. Yeah. Like, they did, they, I'm sure they did drugs. It's the 70s. But, like, they weren't stupid about it. Yeah. They had some moderation. If you're going to do drugs, which we say don't do drugs, if you're going to do drugs, be smart about it. Mm-hmm. So like I said, they got real experimental around this time because they had money to get experimental. Yeah. So they decided to make a film. Uh-oh. The film is called Slayed in Flame. Uh-oh. Which tells the fictional story of a 1960s band called Flame which is really just based on Slade. It's like kind of a dark take on the Slade autobiography. Okay. It did okay. Like, obviously, you've probably never heard of it. I've yeah. never heard of it. It's not like The Who. Like, we know The Who made movies. Yeah. Like, it's it's fine. It's not like a Spinal Tap thing, is it? Like a mock It was like the precursor to Spinal Tap. Okay. They tried. It wasn't quite there. I tried to watch it, but... I couldn't, I could literally, I couldn't find anywhere legal to watch it because I was going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I found one Russian upload on YouTube, but the audio has this <laughs> over the whole thing. And I was like, that's too distracting. I, I can't watch it. Yeah. So I tried. Some nice old Russian white noise. So yeah, they just made a movie and it did okay. They released some music from it as like some singles. One's called Far, Far Away. Uh, which topped the chart in Norway, hmm. not in the U.S. Like they really wanted, but uh, Naughty Holder says that that is his favorite Slade song ever. So they're like really upset that they have not charted in the U.S. and they haven't cracked the U.S. market. So they decided it was time to get more serious and do something about it. So you know what they did? They made a permanent move to the United States Uh oh! to try to build a solid reputation for their live performances like they had done in the UK. At the time, I guess there was a Slade fan club newsletter and in the August, September, 1975 issue, it, they, they wrote an article about how the band took 12 tons of equipment worth approximately 45,000 pounds at the time 
overseas with them, which I feel like it would just be easier to buy new stuff. Yeah. And also like, I just don't know why, where you're successful, you're moving away from that. Like the U S is fine. No, we're, yeah. we're, we're okay. We're here. We exist. <laughs> but like, if you're more popular somewhere and you're in the entertainment business, like what we just talked about, Sister Rosetta Tharp, blues was on the downturn. It was popping in the UK. So she's going across the pond to go live in UK for a little bit. Yeah. Go where your, where your audience is. They did not. So throughout 1975 and 1976, they toured the US, but they always did it with other bands. Like they opened for Aerosmith, ZZ Top, yeah. Black Sabbath. Which, great. Good for them. Probably not your audience. Like, Black Sabbath is a different audience. Dude, there's no glam rockers there. No. You you have... I just saw that meme with the eyes. <laughs> That's our favorite meme yeah. ever. Uh, they'd be grooving. They'd, they'd be grooving. Um, they would pop over back to the UK every now and then for, like, the occasional yeah. TV performance, new single, or whatever. Um, and they admit that they were very out of place on this circuit. They said, uh, with our platform boots, we looked like we dropped out of the sky. They slogged and they worked hard for two years, but it just did not work. Yeah. But there was a tiny silver lining to this is that uh, they were performing for young Eddie Van Halen and young Kurt Cobain and young uh, Gene Simmons. Like those guys were going to young Gene Simmons kiss was in the crowd watching some of these Slade performances. I thought they were coming around in the seventies. I mean, they were still young. Okay. Like early kiss. They kiss is very, very, very heavily Slade influenced and you can hear it. in some of their like, um, I was made for loving you and stuff like that. So while Slade did not catch on, their influence was definitely felt throughout our American music history, but we're not talking about those guys. Oh, crazy, crazy nights is probably the most Slade Mm -hmm. influence song. I put that in my notes. I didn't read far enough. So they said, Hey, I got a good idea. Let's make an American themed album. No. Using country and funk influence. No. So they make an album called Nobody's Fools. What do they spell it out? Southern phonetics? No, everything from here on out is spelled normal. They Terrible. lost They lost their soul. The first two singles were called In for a Penny and Let's Call It Quits, which released in 70, November 75 and January 76. And guess what? They made number 11 in the UK and did not chart in the US. Hmm. And at the time, when it released... The UK called them a sellout. Well, honestly, I usually, when people get called a sellout, I'll defend that artist and be like, look, it's fine. But in this case, it's a stupid decision. They are only focusing on charting. And that's, that's, that's what gets you. Yeah. That's the artist that gets you. You shouldn't worry about the charts as an artist. You need to worry about the music. When they were just making music to just make people happy and live in their best lives, like they're just vibing. Yep. They didn't need the charts. They're just grooving. They're just grooving. They'd be grooving. Uh, so, as you can imagine, they didn't take off in America. So, in 1977, they moved back to the UK. But they get there, and they find out that glam is out and punk is in. Uh-oh. When they got home, the press did not 
treat them nicely. They call I them bet. Yankee Doodle Dandies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the world's like they're heading up derogatory <laughs> Yankee Doodles. They called them Yankee Doodle Dandies. They said they abandoned their fans. Yeah, they didn't like them anymore. I mean, they have a point though. They have a point. They do have a point, and they decided that there was no point in trying to go back to their original days because it is it's almost the 80s now like glitter and tight pants is probably not going to get you very far yeah and so they released another album which was inspired by some graffiti that one of them found in an alley and the graffiti just said whatever happened to Slade which is really sad oh and that's the name of their album but um shocker it did not do well so they're they're still trying to tour and make money, but they're not big enough to be filling big venues anymore. So they're literally just playing like university venues, Aww. which after having a single go gold in one day. Yeah, that's really sad. You're just sad. I, I always kind of feel bad for artists that are like they go from large venues to smaller venues. You're like, man. Yeah, you're like, you, you were almost there. And now you gotta go back. So I'm gonna guess that tensions were high because they're just kind of pissed at the world. Because in 1978, Naughty Holder got into a brawl with a bouncer at a pub in South Wales. The bouncer was jailed for three months for instating the attack um, because Naughty had told the club bouncer to start stop hurting the kids in the crowd. Yeah. Because you know how shows get like the kids in the oh, rail yeah. get real squished. And yeah. I guess the bouncer was encouraging it. Oh, that's a, that's a problem. And so Naughty asked him to stop and the guy said no. So Naughty punched him and they both ended up with a broken nose. Um, yeah. In Lincolnshire. It's a club in Lincolnshire. But the story of the attack would later be written into a song called Knuckle Sandwich Nancy, which that's I a think good is title. hilarious. And that's why I put it in here. For the next two years, they, uh, this is like seven paragraphs on Wikipedia, which I'm going to condense into. They wrote a bunch of songs. None of them did well. Let us get on. And so this starts to depress the band. And so Jim Lee's like, what if we release the material under a different name? So he forms like a fake band called the Dummies with his brother. I feel like that's a cell phone on himself. (laughs) With his brother, Frank, who filled in. Uh, it's like Slade material that was not used for Slade and they released them and they did pretty well on the radio, but their distributor tried kind of screwed them over on record mm-hmm. sales. So like that didn't really work either. Yeah. It may have if they had a better distributor. So they're starting to drift apart and work on their own stuff. In 1980, Naughty was actually considered as the replacement for Bon Scott and ACDC. Oh, wow. But he was so loyal to his band that he said no, even though he really wanted to replace him. So good for him. In 1980, they're still riding this. We want to chart and we want to do really well. So they release their first EP because the EP is a thing now. We've graduated from, you know, 45. LP to an EP. Yeah. Yeah. So we can we can do just like a little baby album called Six of the Best, which was like three old ones and three new ones. And it's kind of a mix. And they priced it super low at, I don't know what British currency is. like Pounds. Yeah, it's pounds. But like, do you say a pound and 49 cents? I think it's a quid. I don't know. I, I, it I'm was 1.49 pounds. When I went to London, I just handed them my credit card. That is how I would also pay. Yeah. Uh, so they priced it like super low and super affordable. 
and it did not sell like anything, which is sad. They had to stop working together. Uh, Dave Hill started trying to make money on the side by driving couples to their weddings in his own Rolls Royce to earn extra money. This makes me sad when bands go through this. Uh, That did not take off. He only really ever drove one couple to their wedding, and that was a pair of fans, which they probably had the coolest wedding ever. Um, But then things kind of pick up a little bit because our boy Ozzy, as we know, struggled real hard to show up to things and be at places uh, in the 80s. So Ozzy was scheduled to play the Reading Festival in 1980 during the Blizzard of Oz tour, which, as we know, is the tour where his manager died and homeboy got hella depressed. So he ended up canceling on the festival three days before he was supposed to be there, saying his band was not ready, which if you were a festival organizer and your headliner act backs out three days before, you're like, oh, shit, what do I do? And so someone just suggested, well, what about Slade? Like. They're probably not doing anything, which they weren't. And so they get in touch with Slade and Dave Hill was like, I don't want to like, we're done. Let's just leave. And their tour manager was like, how about this? You go out, you treat it like a farewell performance. One last good hurrah. And then you guys can quit if you want. And they were like, okay, fine. So they played to 65,000 people at that show and they said that we've been warned that we wouldn't get an encore, but fucking hell, we tore the place up. So they sent us back out Aww. and they asked everyone what they wanted to hear because they weren't going to do Merry fucking Christmas in August, <laughs> but that's what the band want. I guess it's what the crowd wanted because they did sing a bit of it. And the next week they were on all the front pages of all the music publications. So they became the darlings of music, press and radio. Did it say like Slate is back? I don't know. I don't know what the title was, which got them another charting success. Like they did another EP to kind of like introduce people to their older stuff. And they kind of just like were vibing. They dressed a little bit more rockery than like their glitter phase, but Mm -hmm. they were still fun. They were writing more fun new songs. They were just doing they kind of went back to their roots, but not in a way it's like where they're going to spell everything wrong and be glittery, mm-hmm. but they just were writing stuff to have fun. But then they tried to go a little bit heavy Uh-oh. and uh, it did not do great. They continue to release a bunch of stuff. It doesn't. That's do a good. hard transition though for like a glam rock sound to metal. Yeah. Like I would not. I would not recommend that only because very different crowds. Yeah. Just because you took Ozzy's place does not mean you can go heavy. So they're trying real hard to just figure out like, how do we keep this momentum going? We we did good with this festival. What happened? Well, in 1983, towards the end of the year, an American glam metal band called Quiet Riot released their cover version of Come On, Feel the Noise. I can hear the the bell. Toot, toot, toot blew up in the u.s because i mean this is this is glam man they probably were pissed they were it peaked at number five in the u.s which they were like why couldn't we do that yeah which they were like okay you know marketing opportunity let's re-release our version in the uk and see if we can like capitalize on some of this it only reached number 98 Mm. so it didn't do great um they tried to release like a new single to try to be like, okay, well now that they know who we are, let's release the song. It's called run, 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 run away. 
it did chart in the United States. It was their one and only top 20 hit in the U.S. So they can thank Quiet Riot for that. They're, so they were like, okay. So this is the timeline of how things go. Uh-huh. Quiet Riot releases Come On Feel The Noise. So Slade responds with Run Run Away. Both are doing pretty hot. So then Slade comes out with My Oh My, which has this like weird music video in a castle that everyone loved, which they put on MTV. Then Quiet Riot comes out with Mama, We're All Crazy Now. And Quiet Riot just blows them out of the water. And Slade was never really heard of in America again. Sorry, guys. That sucks. But one cool thing about this like time period is... Sharon Osbourne became their manager. Really? Yeah. Just for like a hot second, but I thought it was cool. So they thought that they were going to get this American breakthrough they wanted so bad. Like they would not let it die. And that is their, that's, that's their flaw. That is their flaw. But also Jim Lee got hepatitis C and had to go back home and they kind of just, that killed them. Like they were so disappointed that they couldn't stay in America they couldn't do what they wanted to do so bad. They put so much pressure on themselves to make it in America. And that was like the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. They continued to crank out music because it's the seventies. I don't know how people made music this fast. I really don't understand, but they continued to just decline. Like nothing ever charted again in the UK. They released uh, a party album called crackers, which is an American or the Christmas party album, mm-hmm. which is a strange album. It has uh, yet like the fifth re-release of Merry Christmas, everybody. It's got a rockin' edition of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But it's also got a cover of Rodgers and Hammerstein's You'll Never Walk Alone. Weird. And it's just got like Mama, We're All Crazy Now and Come On, Feel the Noise thrown in there too. It's just, it's a very hodgepodge album to be marketed as like a Christmas party album. Mm -hmm. So... That's like their last hurrah, if you will. In 91, the Slade fan club organized a 25th anniversary party for the band. The band was invited. They showed up. They played one song, which wasn't an original song. They played Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good. And that was their last live performance. Oh, this is a sad tale. It is sad. It's just sad because like they kind of did it to themselves. They did. So... In March 1992, the band returned to the studio that they were working with at the time, which I'm only putting in here because it was called Rich Bitch Studios. That's a good name. And it's fantastic. And they recorded like a dance style version of their song, We'll Bring the House Down. But by the end of the month, Naughty Holder decided he was done. After 26 years together, he was leaving the band. He was tired. Um, He says, this is a direct quote from an interview with him. When bands break up, it's usually to do with five reasons. Egos, money, drink and drugs, women or musical differences. In Slade's case, it was all of the above. Though Dave and Don were paid for their performances, Jim and I received more as writers. This became an issue when there was less money floating around. We hadn't been getting on for a while and then Jim wanted to want more and more control in the studio. And so Naughty just left. Yeah. He it said, was time. It was time. We started out as a gang of four happy-go-lucky guys, and we weren't that anymore. It stopped being fun, and that was it for me. So, it's it's sad they left. Don went and became a bartender for a little bit, but then he and Dave ended up getting back together to form Slade 2. 
That's the name? It's the name. Slade 2. Slade 2. They eventually shorten their name to just Slade, which can cause some confusion. We're not going to go into them because it is not important. Why? I will say, their legacy is their Christmas song, though. So in late 2006, uh, the UK chart rules changed to where digital downloads of old singles make them eligible to chart, which we've seen at play a lot this year. I feel like old songs are just like randomly charted because... Yeah because of tiktok really right so merry christmas everybody has re-entered the top 75 every christmas since 2006 that's nice <laughs> it peaked at number 20 in 2007 it's something to be proud of you know yeah like sometimes you just got to be proud about what you've achieved and if your legacy is a happy christmas song that the entire country of england loves there are worse things in yeah, this world that that's your legacy i'm sorry so like it wasn't a tragic story it doesn't end happily but like that's okay they all still are civil with each other i won't say they're best buddies but like they did this bbc documentary together after they had broken up um Mm. but their music legacy is it's all the bands i love like they've influenced nirvana smashing pumpkins ramones sex pistols clash kiss motley Crue, quiet riot poison def leopard cheap trick twisted sister queen joey ramone said i spent most of the early 70s listening to slate alive thinking to myself wow that is what i want to do i want that kind of intensity for myself and a couple years later i was at the club doing my best naughty holder wow um ozzy osbourne appraises naughty as having one of the greatest voices in rock ever which he does have an amazing voice alice cooper on his show on planet rock said i love slade they're one of the oddest looking bands of all times (laughs) but slade lives on in twisted sister and quiet riot and they wrote the catchiest songs around yeah they just listen to slade that's all i can say like just go i'm gonna go check them out now because now i'm curious just go to the this is slade playlist and start there they they are fantastic they're so fun and a time that like music was not fun because it's right. a depressing time in the country and they paved the way for all of my bands that I like so that's awesome I like them I'm losing my voice now because I haven't talked this much in like forever <laughs> we do this every time like we come together to record and we both get raspy at the end of it because like you don't really talk Vocal fry. <laughs> yeah well we don't have any drinks because we drank them all but since this is our last episode for the year Thank you to everyone who listens to us and entertains our weird ideas. Yeah. And if you've hit a subscribe button or left a review, like we read all the comments and all of the messages you guys send us and it means mm-hmm. a lot. So yeah. Thanks for spending the whole year with us. You guys are awesome. We've had so much fun this year. It's been a weird year. It's been a little weird and we were off the grid for a couple months because of COVID, but we still we made stuff happen for you You guys still like we're hanging out we come back like after like what two months i think we took like six weeks off we took like six weeks off and you guys are still there we're yeah like, all right cool let's party and it's been a lot of fun we did I- some cool things this year we interviewed luke from the struts yeah maggie from glimmer Alyssa hoffman Alyssa was a fantastic conversation loved it Quan and thomas brought down the house that was this year this year feels so yeah. long good god it's like ages but i think next year me and leah have been already like we got plans we got some good things planned 
We got and we, plans. We can't wait for you guys to hear it. We collabed with Muses. We can't forget that. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. So if you're new, go back and check out some of the cool things we did this year. Uh, if you have ideas of what you want to see next year, send us a note. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. So on that note, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate, enjoy it. May 2021 be better than this year. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You also can leave us a review. Have you heard of Slade? Do you like Christmas? Do you also like screaming Christmas at the top of your lungs for no reason? It's Christmas! <laughs> well, let us know. Leave a review. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at She Will Rock You Podcast. You also can join our Facebook group. We are actually having some really fun discussions. Come join us. You can find that Facebook group on Facebook at She Will Rock You Fam. Um, you can also follow us personally at Beth Ann Tarpley or at LeahElizabeth.J. Uh, you also can send us an email at SheWillRockYouPodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, ho, 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 and don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs>